it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Grounds Crew. I'm your host, Josh Gerson, along with my co-host, Bill Rahm. What's going on, guys? We have a great show for you guys today. But before we get started, I just want to remind you guys to make sure you like and subscribe to our channel, to our show. We appreciate the support, and we're going to keep making some great content for you guys. Um, we got a jam-packed show today, uh, a lot of great topics, a lot of great stuff we're going to be talking about. But first thing on the agenda is something that kind of, it struck a nerve you, with me. You, you got hot from this thing. Yeah, no, I got, because, I, 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 you know, I like reading different articles and things about baseball, you know, as everybody does. Um, and I and I always see reporters kind of putting out different like kind of weird takes, especially guys who you can tell did not play the game, just kind of watch it and have their own you know hot takes and opinions and whatever, um, and get paid to put that out, which you know whatever, great. Um, but I I've seen some different tweets, different things that I'm just like this is ridiculous. Why do you have a blue check mark and you're and you're allowed to put this stuff out there? Wow, <laughs> it, it bothers me. Wow. It, it really does. All right, so, so what was the tweet? Who was the tweeter? I'm not gonna say who the tweeter was. I don't want to blow up a spot that hard. Um, but what what the tweet was was the difference between third base and shortstop is fewer than .150 plays per inning. Some people need to understand that this and realize that shortstop is not that special. Now, <clears throat> as someone who played the game for a long time. I respectfully, wholeheartedly disagree with that. Okay. Shortstop is almost the most important position on the field. I would say shortstop, center fielder, catcher are pretty much your, your top three most important positions on the field. So for you to tell me that the difference between shortstop and third base, who do a lot of different things, shortstop's got a lot more jaws, more ground to cover. There's a lot of different um, variables that make shortstop so important. For you to tell me the difference is – a, a play, a, a, a tenth of a play per inning. That's the difference. That's it. Because I saw the rest of the thread. It was, it wasn't great. It, it, I, honestly, I was just so. Like, let me let me jump in because uh, I disagree with you. Okay. I like the take. Why? Uh, so if a guy, if how often does a ball that rips past a a shortstop? How often does that turn into a double? I, I don't know the, the stats on never it's, right. Yeah, it's never. That a play goes between the third baseman and the shortstop, or between the shortstop and second base, that it really turns into a double if it was a play that was fieldable mm-hmm. by the shortstop. Right. How often, if a if a third baseman messes up down the line, does a ball that's hit that would be a single anywhere else turn into a double? More often, you have so down the line. I, I, I would tell you then that third base is more important than shortstop. Because you have the higher chance of it being a higher value hit if you don't make the play. A shortstop's biggest problem is he's going to walk in. He misses a play. It's a single. Third baseman misses a play. It's a double. Right. So a third baseman's plays, if it's only a tenth of a play per inning across the season, the amount of chances that really start to add itself up is when you do. If you do that math, is uh, you know two or three more plays that you're going to have to handle per year. Mm-hmm. And the plays that the third baseman had to handle are going to end up being higher value problems. Sure. So if you create, so you have the, this is like a three point shot, Mm -hmm. right? Like I can have a guy who can get me 20 and 10 who's a a center and that's valuable. But if I got a guy who can shoot three pointers, it's because the three pointer is worth more. So now I have to value a guy who can defend the three pointer better. So if I'm looking at and saying a double is a higher value hit, it's a better Better slugging percentage, it's going to impact OPS, it's going to impact all these other numbers to a higher degree than a single. 
the plays a shortstop has to make are lower. Now, you would tell me, but what about double plays? I'll tell you about a lot of different things. Go ahead. What about double plays, plays in the hole, cuts and plays relays? Plays in the hole is only going to be a single. Play in the hole is only going to be a it's single. It's also going to be an out. 100% so with a third so, baseman. You have an, well, third David baseman Wright, you're a it. huge Mets fan. David Wright very often would cut off Jose yes. Reyes on a play between the two of them. Sure. Right? Because he was a great third baseman. And he impacted that entire side of the field. Mm -hmm. He covered more, impacted more, was able to do more because he was a high-quality third baseman defensively. Yep. One of a couple of gold gloves. Yep. So when he was there, that team was great. And I d disagree. I think shortstop's overrated. I always have. Go back Derek Jeter. You know my opinion on Derek Jeter. Mm -hmm. I think Derek Jeter's one of the top five players in the history of the game, but not one of the top five shortstops. He was not great defensively. He had a window of time where he was at least adequate defensively. Maybe he had a window of time where he was re really, really good defensively. Most of his defensive stuff that people remember him for was from the, the mid-90s and not after 2000. So you're talking about a lot of stuff that was from when he was very young. From that point forward, he was below average defensively, and they didn't seem to matter. Mm -hmm. Didn't seem to matter. But you know what helped their team? When they had a stud third baseman in Alex Rodriguez. It's true. So I'm here for the take, and I, I disagree with you. Okay, so let me ask you this. Now, we're staying on the Mets. How we, We've talked about it a million times. The difference that Francisco Lindor made coming to the Mets versus an Ahmed Rosario is drastic. Now, yes, he is a better bat, better defensive player, but I think that, that <clears throat> aspect of him being a much better defensive player than Ahmed Rosario is what everyone's sitting around like, yo, this is why this What's the Mets' biggest up. deficiency right now? Right now or before Lindor? Right now. Defensively on the infield, what's their biggest third defense? base? Third base. Guess what? So you just made my point for me. So we know JD Davis is out here making like errors. He's not able to perform there at the same degree. If you have a third baseman who's higher ability defensively, you you wouldn't have needed to replace a guy like Ahmed Rosario. But I if mean, Ahmed's range doesn't need to be impacted because you have increased range on your third baseman, now I don't need the same guy because he's going to cover for the the issues that Ahmed would have. So all the positions matter. I think, again, that that's an old-school baseball take that you're hanging on to without data and analytics. And the, the truth to me is, is I've seen plays that – a bunt. Who fields a bunt that could potentially be a, a, a play at, at first base? Third you, base. Third baseman. How often do people bunt anymore? Again, if you have a situation where everybody's playing back, you're going to have a situation where people value that play again. And they're going to drop that, and a speedy guy is going to run down. And again, we're going back. Old school David Wright. Come up, bare hand, chuck that dude out. Did it almost on a 100% on a success rate. Major he was leaguer, a legend I hope for so, that. yeah. So, no, nah, major leaguer, I hope so. There's a difference being able to come up full speed on a ball, bare hand, and pick it up without having to readjust your hand, throw it across, and get the leadoff hitter out. That, that takes talent and skill that's Yeah, that's but the majority of MLB third baseman can do that to a pretty high level. Show me. Any of them. You name a third oh, baseman. J.D. Davis. Can do it at least a pretty high level. Oh, yes, absolutely. Pretty high level. We're now talking, though, when we say players, we're now saying J.D. Davis is the same thing as Nolan Arenado? No, we, we've talked about this. The separation between that is very fine. I agree. So that's my thing is greatness is now measured differently, mm -hmm. right? If you're 2% better, your world's greater. And that's the thing is that I, I'm with you that they're, they're not, in real terms, a wide chasm. But the ability to go from that one that zero percent up to two percent better mm -hmm. is a chasm that he's not going to be able to accomplish at this point. It mm -hmm. doesn't seem. So the the thing is, he doesn't do it great. He does it better than you and me. 
Sure. Right? And that's because he plays the game. So that goes back to us, like, oh, who played the game? You Sometimes we have to separate an old-school mentality of, I played it, and the best player on my team was the shortstop. Because usually he was the best athlete. But right. by the time you get to the MLB level, really good shortstops are moving on. Again, Ahmed Rosario is out playing center field now. Looking like a, a yeah. bum. Yeah. Looking like a bum. But my man's out playing center field. Mm-hmm. Because they are looking at the athleticism. Athletic kids stay at shortstop. That does not mean that that is the most important position long term. Okay. So, to go back to that, I, I'm not saying it's it's the most position, the, the most important position all the time. But I think overall throughout the game, he has more value. Because like, you say J.D. Davis averaged third baseman. Mets still had a great team. Lindor being able to do a lot of different things upgrades the Mets. It ta- for for all different kinds of plays but beyond the, the, the things, couple plays you mentioned. But most of the things you think he upgrades for, and what I would think he upgrades for, is more of what has to do with him being a switch hitter, having a great bat, oh, I'm not even talking. And, then being a, and then being solid defensively. Yeah. But that's my thing. Defensively, last year, they were well below average. Yeah. Now they're above average. That's a big improvement. Absolutely. I don't value Lindor as a shortstop more than the other positions, though. Okay. I don't care that it was a shortstop they got. Mm-hmm. If they went out and they got the best third baseman in the game, and we had an elite defensive third baseman still had a Med Rosario instead of J.D. Davis, I'd be fine with that. And again, based off analytics and based off of what we just said, I don't know. Because if you have a guy who lets a ball go down the line, it's a double. Mm-hmm. You let a guy who doesn't get the ball in the hole, right, because he doesn't have the speed, just misses it on the grass, it rolls safely to the left fielder. Okay, but let me ask you this. So you're, you're, you're comparing singles, doubles, whatever. Cool. The the plays Lindor makes that are above the average shortstop yes. that keep from bigger innings from starting, happening, yeah, yeah, run yeah. scoring, things yeah. like that. That also is super important for pitchers. But if it's only .1 plays per inning more, you also can say the same thing about a great defensive play by the third baseman. Right, you can. So ultimately, what that tweet was, and ultimately what I'm saying I agree with, is that we put a position that the the middle of the infield gets so many more chances, and it's why you need better players. But we've seen that to not be the case. What is everybody doing now? Second baseman used to be your lightest hitting guy. Mm -hmm. Now you have guys like Daniel Murphy a couple years ago with the Nationals out here banging 25, 30 home runs, playing second base. You have Jeff McNeil on the Mets now playing second base with a bigger bet. It's no longer that defense is prioritized there. So why do we over? Why do we overdo Lemayhu? Why do we overload the importance of a shortstop position? Because in the reality is, it's not that many plays Mm -hmm. now. A great a, a guy who's playing shortstop has might might have to have one of the best arms in the infield. But again, we're comparing him with the third baseman. If they're getting equal opportunities over the course of a season, relatively statistically insignificant differences at the end of a year, but the other guy has a 50-50 shot of a ball being a double if it goes down the line, that defensive play is worth more than anything that that shortstop is doing from fielding a position. Mm-hmm. Then also, most of the time. A shortstop who's fielding a ball and getting it to the second baseman. The second baseman's the guy who turns that double play. So a second baseman has the higher leverage. He has to be the one who makes two outs. He has to make sure he does everything he's doing around the bag, and he has to make sure that he gets it to the first baseman. 
I am here for shortstops overvalued. And I like that I disagree with you. Okay, that's fine. Listen, we'll we'll see how it plays Yo, out. Yo, guys, listen, comment below. If you think I'm crazy, if you think I'm out of my mind, if you guys are listening to this on a podcast, comment on the Instagram. Tell us, why am I wrong? Why am I wrong? Because I think he's wrong. I think more of you guys are going to agree with me. That's fine. So let's let's move over to, you know, we're still talking about important players. Okay. Okay. Um, I put out a, uh, a TikTok recently of who I thought are, are the uh, top five catchers in the league were right now. Yes. Okay. And I got to say, there's probably at least 70, 80 people that were like, where the hell is Yadi Molina? Okay. Okay. And so in my head, I think he's a top 10 catcher until he retires. Okay. Because you watch him still play the game. He's still one of, if not the best receiver in the game, still one of the best throwers in the game. Um, you know, he's got a leadership, all that stuff. Um, not, not as good a hitter as he was maybe when he was a little bit younger, but I still think he's definitely top 10 without a doubt. Um, I think there's some younger guys that just do things a little bit better, better hitters, stuff like that. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it because I still love Yachty as a player. I think Yachty, again, goes back to do you think analytics are everything? Do you think that analytics are nothing? Or do you think they're somewhere in between, right? I lean towards that analytics still aren't used enough to define success. And then again, I'm going to use basketball as the reference. Mm -hmm. If Shaquille O'Neal played basketball today, he wouldn't be a Hall of Famer. Might be a hot take for some people, but the guy couldn't shoot, couldn't shoot three uh, free throws, and he he wasn't a three point shooter. In today's game, how is he going to cover the stretch center who's six foot eight? And shoots 40% from three-point range. He's going to have to get under the basket. That takes away his rebounding. That takes away a lot of the things that made him successful. When Yachty came up, guys stole bases more. Stolen bases are down. We're not trying to risk it. We're playing the analytics on things. So you're not getting as many opportunities to throw guys out. So how much benefit does that side of his game maximize his talent? If you look at his war, his war last year would put him somewhere in the middle range. Mm-hmm. He's a middle of the, the the pack catcher because his OPS was in the 600s, right? Yep. High six mid to high 600s. His bat doesn't hold up, and his defensive ability has lessened. With people re- recognizing we don't want to put ourselves in a disadvantage, we want guys on on base, yep. right? And if we steal and we get caught. We deleted a guy on base in a situation where we know the other numbers. Mm-hmm. Guys still steal, so it's still important. But I, I would have to say at this point, I don't know. I think I think Yachty has fallen out of the top five. And I hear you with the top ten because I value his defense and his leadership and his ability to frame yes. pitches. And I think when you take his ability to frame and elevate a pitcher, I don't know if we get to see all of his value in those analytics. So I would go with you on the top ten, but – uh, he's definitely not top five any longer, mm-hmm. and 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 it's because defense as a whole from that position has been minimized because you're not throwing guys out as much anymore. Yeah, it's definitely um, a, a league now where y- you have the few guys that are still. <clears throat> hey, you're a great defensive catcher. I don't care that you bat two ten. Yeah, play the game. Um, but th- it's definitely trending towards your JT Realmuto, Wilson Contreras, guys that can absolutely mash. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely a lot more important, especially with way less base dealers now. Which is it's kind of, you know, I, I love that kind of game of, like, the speedsters taking Jose Reyes back and he was stealing 80 bags. Like, guy was a Listen, I, I, I love that, and I think that that's cool, yeah right? But, like... It's a different game. It, we also saw, at the same time, the same Jose Reyes era, you also had Carlos Beltran, 
who has the highest stolen base percentage in history, mm-hmm. right? He's been thrown out less than everybody per attempt than anybody ever. But he would only steal 20 bags a year. Right. And I say only. With the fact that he was also hitting 40 home runs, he was a stud. But Beltron was probably what you see now as more players. And it was why he was undervalued when he played because everybody didn't realize how important all the other analytics were, mm-hmm. right? His slugging percentage was massive. His ability to field out the field. His, he, Beltron, I think, is – this is a whole other podcast that we could get into. Okay. I, I think Beltron maybe is the most underrated player of the 2000s. And, and I think that people don't recognize how absolutely elite that, that guy was mm-hmm. oh. and how his entire game is what they ended up trying to find players who were like. Mm-hmm. Um so, so, again, using all of that, that's why I think Yachty is down. And, and you're right. There, there's so few guys who are defensive-only catchers anymore. Yeah. And receiving, super important. He's 38. He's about to be 39. He's been in the show for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. You, he, he's great. He's, he's more experienced at doing it than anybody else. And that side of his game will not diminish with age. So it comes down to what you value, and obviously the Cardinals have valued that stability, and that's something that they continue to hang their hat on. Um, and I look forward to seeing Yachty and Ken, or not Ken, we're, we're in our Cooper's NFL talk again, Cooperstown yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, 100% he'll be there. Um, next thing on the agenda, of course, every week, the Shohei Otani update. Bill, how are we doing? How is the man? Um, so historically right is always nice uh continuing to be historically Again, still right in spring training but still yes. but i mean spring training is just extended startup season mm-hmm. um this will continue in mass throughout the entire year no slumps whatsoever uh-huh. uh because that never happens uh show otani absolutely crushed uh shane bieber the other day uh looking more and more like the best player in the league uh, he's doing things that people just don't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, his bat is absolutely, from a power standpoint, real. Uh, the, he's going to go through slumps like any other person. And he looks, at least now, like a streaky player, mm-hmm. where it's like you're going to get all or you're going to get a diminished version. All diminished version. I think that's okay uh, because he you don't know what day you're walking in on. So you're going to have to treat him There's special. Threat, yeah. yeah, you're going to have to treat him special. Just the fact that... He could, I could see him going in, going four for four with four home runs, because all his home runs, where are they right now? Center and left field. So he's either going or oppo. oppo yeah. yeah. He's either going oppo or dead center. Yeah. Which means my dude is just absolutely hammering these pitches. Yep. And also that guys are throwing him away, and he's just tanking it. He's staying on it. It's beautiful. So if you try to put him inside, I'm really curious. Like the fact that everybody thought that outside was successful, and he's just absolutely crushing these 500 foot monsters mm-hmm. off good pitchers now like yes. Bieber's a, a guy like short in seasons who guys are whatever else I, I don't guy. care Bieber's yeah. a guy Bieber can throw mm-hmm. and, and Otani's a stud yeah and he had two off uh, Lorenzen who's still a pretty good arm as well a stud yeah so yeah. I, I'm again every week I get more bullish on the Otani watch mm-hmm. and I think we're, we're, we're seeing the birth of uh, a mini legend and I'm excited for, for Otani to con- continue to crush. Yes. Um, tra- transitioning off our Otani watch, uh, big news in baseball this past week is that NBA mega superstar LeBron James 
has purchased and invested a small stake in the Boston Red Sox. What are your thoughts? Or, well, more specifically, Fenway Sports Group, who has owned a couple things. They own uh, Red Sox, Liverpool Football Club from the Premier League, a uh, racing team. I forget the name of it now. Yep. Um, so he's got his hand in a couple things. Yep. I love it. Um, I know uh, Patrick Mahomes also purchased uh, part of the uh, Kansas City Royals last yep. year. So we're seeing you know guys from other sports starting to dabble in baseball, which I think is good. I, I hope people like that uh, make an effort to – to change the culture a little bit, kind of have their say on how teams do things, especially a you know a storied mm. franchise like the Red Sox. Um, and I'm definitely curious to see if he has some some say in what they do. I hope he does. I hope he kind of takes his LeBron vibe persona and kind of puts that into how they do things. I love the business side, but is LeBron the fakest fan in history? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, is LeBron the fakest fan in all of history of sports? Like... He, he, you, you see, like his Cleveland forever, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland, Cleveland, no, Cleveland or nothing, or yeah, something Cleveland like that. or yeah. nothing. So nothing. You went to L.A., right? You've been to Miami. Mm-hmm. You flirted with the Knicks, and then you were like, "I'm too afraid to be the guy there. I'm gonna go Miami, where this will be easier for me." Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you go to games, and you're always wearing a Yankees hat. Now you buy a piece of the Red Sox. LeBron, fake fan, fake fan, right? So just stop wearing other teams. Like, wear everybody's stuff. Yeah. Don't wear Yankees hats and then claim you're a Yankees fan and then buy a piece of the Red Sox. Because a diehard fan, there's nothing to that. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, genius. I mean, again, I've discussed with you multiple times, I think LeBron is going to kill it post-career Yes. in terms of what he does from a business standpoint. What he's invested in with Blaze Pizza and some of the other stuff that he's done from an investment standpoint – Producing original movies and content, uh, uh, representing ki- people off the field from from multiple sports. Now, like you said, investing in the sports group that has other interests that take him international, give him an ability to start getting into European markets, find out what's going there, rub elbows with different business people. LeBron's a genius business person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he. Anybody who thinks that he's dumb, like the, the whole like asinine thing about his SAT scores and his GPA and all that stuff, yeah. like miss me with all of that yeah like show me the money mm-hmm. if you show me the money i'll show you what's up and lebron's got more money than anybody so i i love that um i'm curious what this is going to mean for baseball because you said it perfectly mahomes now bought a piece of the the royals you have lebron buying a piece into what is then the red sox do you think this is a trend that's going to start to carry more do you think players from other sports are going to continue to come into baseball to buy pieces of it because it seems like the only sport where there's pieces sold like this. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is a trend that will continue? Do you think it'll accelerate, or do you think that these just happen to be anomalies that happened in a in a window? Um, I think they can continue if like these first few go well. Yeah. And and because they kind of you know set the foundation a little bit of how you do it, how you kind of enter that, what you're gonna how you take the team to a different level, things like that. Um, I would love to see that because I know people like that have uh, a really intelligent way of going about their brand, their yeah. you know, what they do throughout the game beyond what they play. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see it. There's so many guys out there who, you know, KD's <clears throat> got his hand in a million things too. Yeah. I would love to see him kind of go out there and do something um, with whatever team is, is kind of for him. Um, we've talked about it a million times. Baseball needs to kind of start moving forward with different things. Um, and we talked about NBA, NFL. Those they've figured it out. People in that space know what they're doing there, and I'd love to see them put their two cents in with 
uh, you know MLB owner. But outside of outside of Michael Jordan, right? What former player owns anything in the NBA? Um, I don't know. No one, right? Nobody? NFL. No one. Mm-mm. But you go to the MLB. You now have Derek Jeter own stuff, yep. right? He goes and buys the, the, the Marlins. Mm-hmm. You now have Patrick Mahomes from the NFL buying into the Kansas City Royals. You have LeBron buying into the Red Sox. Baseball is the only sport where it seems like I can buy a sliver of a team. If I have enough money and notoriety, the owner's just like, makes sense. Sure. You know, like yep. Patrick Mahomes has tied himself to the Kansas City area pretty much full time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's sell a piece to him. This will allow us to cross collaborate, do all these different things. Yep. LeBron, can we do some stuff with LeBron across all these other things? How do we do that? So ML, MLB seems like this is something that they have intrinsically built in. I, do, I don't know why mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah. Who could you see being the next professional athlete to buy a piece of an MLB team? And I know the easy answer. The easy answer is Alex Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. Right? A-Rod was out here the Mets. with yeah. J-Lo, realized we probably shouldn't buy a team. We should work on the relationship. Dope. Good sure. job. Fair Smooth enough. move. I get it. Um, but he wants to. Yep. Give me somebody who's not A-Rod. Somebody who's not A-Rod. Well, I, I'll tell you that my first thought for a team was the Marlins. Okay. Uh, because they kind of already started doing that a little bit. And, you know, we talked about their their team is starting to trend up a little bit. They are in the Miami area. Baseball are they kick. like 9-2 and two right now? Low key, listen. We're gonna be talking about the Marlins a little we'll bit more. We talk about the we Marlins, yeah, a little bit. At some point in time, we have to recognize. I don't know who's running the full show down there at all times. Why are the Marlins always able to dump everyone and then immediately reset to good? It's because they can develop. Yep. We, great podcast. We talked about that already. Um, who do I think could be somebody? Um, maybe like a, like a Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a perfect like thought. Tom's got his TB12. Yep. He's out here writing books that tell you if you drink water, you can't get a sunburn. He's crazy <laughs> as hell. Yep. He's got things that don't make sense. So I could see him. Mm-hmm. And then Tom also was a guy who I think was drafted, right? So Tom was drafted. Yes. I could see some things the there, right? So like I could see a world where Tom goes in as part of something. So like I like that. Mm-hmm. I like Tom Brady. Um, is 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 there somebody else who who you could think of outside of Tom, right? Because I, I I have a I have a couple thoughts about people because it seems like when you sign the big money contract, right, mm-hmm. you start being able to to do some things. But then it also comes down to social power and some other things. Yeah. And one guy this off season has put his name forward. As I'm ready to, to make some noise. And it, it makes a complete sense based off of who he is. I got you guys on screen riveted to this. I got mm-hmm. these guys riveted to Hit this. Hit me with it. I'm ready. Russell Wilson. Oh, yes. Good so call. Russell has already been playing minor league baseball for multiple teams. Gets traded to the Yankees. Goes into spring training. Fields some balls. Does some things. He he married to you know a, a, an army singer. Making music. Has social clout. Ha, has all this stuff going on lives in an area where maybe to keep him in Seattle and to keep him in that area mm-hmm. is the Mariners a group that would be interested in him getting involved. The other team I could see 
looking at this and going because they're always frugal and they're always looking how do we make some stuff the athletics Yes. If the athletics could get somebody who make them cool, get give like a little Steph ownership, Curry on little... get Steph Curry, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So those two names, you you stole Steph from me. I love that. We were on the same page there. Yep. Those two people, I really think would would be cool. I could see that happening, and, and I think it makes sense. And I like that for baseball. It just yeah. makes conversation. No, and definitely, it makes some cool things happen. Interesting about like the teams you're referring to. Also, they're a little more like regional not as quite like national stage yeah. kind of thing because like you i don't think you'd see that with the yankees you wouldn't really see it with like but the you Dodgers. saw it with boston which is why it's right. lebron yes but like mahomes but even boston's like still kind of new england area i don't think you get guys from like mississippi what do you got dennis uh russell wilson and white sierra in 2018 tried to bring a major league baseball franchise to portland oregon I'm here for I'm here for it. I, I know you were trying to work on that. Actually, I do remember that. And, and I and I love the I love the take. And yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they might not need to do something that aggressive where they're trying to be the expansion team. Yeah, I think it might make sense to own a piece if the Mariners maybe the Mariners aren't aren't interested. You know, maybe they're happy with what they have going mm-hmm. on. But guys, Russell Wilson holds so much clout in that area. Right, you you could get a situation where he's a part of some things. I think that brings a cool factor. I think it brings a new audience to the team that would expand viewership. It would open up a lot of different things. So, love the LeBron signing, and I I I had something I really wanted to talk today that was sports specific, and business specific. So it's cool that we can segue into this. Cool, hit me. Um, NIL, right? For those people who don't know, NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. And name image likeness is a big point of contention in college sports right now because what it will allow, what the rule change would allow, is that kids who are high school athletes, college athletes, would be able to make money using their name, image, and likeness. So what does that mean? That means that right now, NCAA football from EA Sports can't exist any longer because you were using players without their names so that you could circumvent them making any money. Not cool. Now they're talking about bringing it back, and then the players would have the ability to make a royalty off of their name. Love that. If a game is making money and it is making something, I think it should be there. Mm -hmm. But also, if you have a kid who is the best player for Marist, right? Small school in the Northeast of the United States, but Division I program, plays football, lacrosse, baseball, solid. If the local car dealer wanted to take the captain of the lacrosse team and wanted to pay them $500 to endorse them in an Instagram video, right now they can't do it. Yep. But if I'm a kid and I'm on an academic scholarship and I write a, I, I, somebody wants to have me show up at their bookstore and do a book signing, I'm allowed to. Mm-hmm. I can get paid for it. And I think that that is a cool way and the right way to getting college athletes to get paid is not by having them get a salary for what they're doing. Because if they're getting a $50,000 a year scholarship and food and everything else, that's already a pretty substantial financial investment in an individual player. But by allowing them to go and get endorsement deals, you allow the top cream of the crop players to make those decisions. And I also think that will keep that will allow better talent to move themselves into college and not have to go the route of going pro. Mm-hmm. And my perfect example is Andrew McCutcheon a number of years ago talked about the fact that he had an opportunity to go to the University of Florida and play. 
and he would have loved to have gone. But the scholarship, because of how baseball worked, was only for 70% for him. Yeah, So tough. he ended up being a first-round pick, and it's you know millions of dollars. He had to take it because financially where his family was, he couldn't afford even the 30% to go to college. If he was allowed to use his name, image, likeness, an Instagram account with 50,000 followers and all this stuff to bring in revenue, that guy might have been able to go to college, and he might have changed the course of baseball for the University of Florida. He might have changed the whole course of his own life. So many things can be different by giving people access to making money off of who they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see it. And I want to know your thoughts. What do you think about NIL? What do you think it's going to do to change NCAA baseball? Um, well, I, I love it. I want that to happen for them. Um, and I think it will give um, – because I, I think what's kind of missing in college baseball in particular um, is the, the lack to some degree of like the players' personal brands. Yes. Um, I think you see it a lot more in yes. college football yes. where kids care about that. They know it's important, especially if they go to the NFL. Um, and I think if if uh, the players in college baseball were allowed to have you know um, endorsements, things like that, they would value that higher. They'd put some more effort into it. And then you'd have you know different companies being like, okay, let's let's work with you guys, make content, do things like that, and and get more hype around the game because eventually it's going to make everybody more money. And, and guys in, in in football, they all prioritize it because even when they're a senior in high school, if they're one of the top 100 players and they're a senior in high school, they know in three to four years they're going to be a draft pick potentially by an NFL team. Yep. And they're instantaneously going to be making money and are going to have a name and recognition and ability. And they want to be marketable. In baseball, traditionally, kids don't care and guys don't care about their social medias until after they finally sign a big contract. Pete Alonzo, Pete doesn't have a social right now. Pete, Pete I think, deleted his social media for a hot minute to, to focus on baseball. Mm -hmm. So you get guys like that who get rid of social accounts because they're like, hey, it doesn't matter for me. How does it not matter for a guy like Pete Alonzo? Like it was, it was important, and then he had a year that maybe wasn't what he wanted, and I'm I'm deleting it. You wouldn't see that in football. Nope. Like a guy would be OBJ, right? Odell, he's not gonna delete his social. That's why he's got an Adidas contract for shoes. Yeah. Was because he had a million followers. Baseball kids don't look at it the same, and I think if if name, image, likeness shapes that way, you also will have the ability that those high end players who are in college can also build a reputation because they can start to come on podcasts like this and they can get sponsorships by small companies that mm -hmm. are making baseball stuff. They can sign a contract and get their own baseball bat if they want to, right? They can start to monetize those things and build a name by attaching to mm -hmm. something and that inherently is going to make baseball more fun. So I 100%. think that I think baseball is going to have the biggest impact by NIL because also it'll allow those younger players to make money off of themselves sooner and not be tied to what the current CBA is limiting them in terms of where they can make their money. Yeah. There's so and there's so many guys I can think of too that would benefit from it that are like in big name schools. You know who they are, but like they don't really care about social to that yeah. much. You know, people know who they are. But you can look at, you know, top college recruits and compare them to pretty big name MLB guys and they probably have more social than they do yeah and it's crazy yeah and we've talked about it a million times and I also think what you were talking about with um, the amount of time they have between 
college and going pro, and the fact that a lot of guys, you know, you get drafted, you go to the minors for a while, you don't care about it. You're in this. About you're it. in the smallest market possible, and who knows Iowa with meeting forty people, nobody's going to see you. And you if know? you're and if you're a seventeen year old and you were the best player in the country and you get drafted and you don't make your debut till you're twenty three, and you spent six years in the minors developing, you're still relatively young by the time you pop up. Mm-hmm. But because you were out of sight, out of mind, people just you're just forgotten. Brush you off. Yep. You know, and I, I think that this would allow some more of that to, to, to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And then interesting enough, in baseball, and I don't know about it as much in some of the other sports, baseball has that young collection of guys like C1 Coop, right, um, and raised in baseball. Yep. Those kids have built themselves large relative social media followings to their contemporaries. Mm-hmm. And – they've already done some stuff with brands and with other things that this rule is going to allow them to continue to shape for themselves. And I think they're the first, you know, Instagram generation, TikTok, social media player generation to really walk into this, you know, and they're known for being a personality in the game more than they're even just known for being great at the game. Uh, And I think that that those kids are really who are going to maximize themselves because they're doing it and they're going to lead a charge that the next generation, why am I not doing stuff and posting on social and building my brand now, right? I can make money to de- tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So super excited. I think business and sports needs to allow itself more freedom. I think college, NCAA specifically, limits players' ability to do too much in order to keep money in the pockets of the NCAA. Yep. And I'm excited to separate each kid to go make their own way, if not the NCAA and college is paying them. Yeah, and you know we were talking about it because March, Mag- March Madness is coming, um, and I saw a couple of uh, tweets about it. And what's very interesting is like they're saying, look at some of these really small schools that make it to the Final Four, Elite yep. Eight, things like that, and weren't able to monetize that, and they're yep. gonna, and they might not ever get back. Yep. You know, and and they went on this crazy journey. They're all over ESPN. They could have made a buttload of money. A bunch of kids, did. a bunch of kids from Gonzaga, right? You right now are on a national stage all the time. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I do a post-game live talk, right, with a company, with their hat on? Yep. Right? Hey, and get interviewed by the owner of the company. Hey, how did it feel? Great. I loved having my ex-mouthpiece. It really helped me. Mm -hmm. That kid is now on a national stage. There's articles being written about them. You got kids from Gonzaga. Like, you you maybe never are going to get this again. But you could have found an ability to leverage yourself up. And maybe that becomes now because you're a personality and you have that ability to do that. Maybe you start a small podcast after you're done and you're interviewing people every, and you're making a living by it. But now instead, you have no ability to leverage these things until after you're done. Mm-hmm. And after you're done, nobody cares about you. Yep. So, I, 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 again, I'm all for guys being able to take advantage of their opportunities just like a student on a full scholarship for their academics would be able to go out, write a book while they're a freshman in college if they really wanted to, could host their own podcast, could go on a show, could do whatever they want, and nobody bats an eye. But mm-hmm. the, real, the reality is that kid on a full academic scholarship, as long as you keep your GPA, we don't care what you do. But a, fo- a football kid, hey, on and off the field and in your room, we own you. That's unfair. Yep. That needs to change. Guys, let us know what you think about today's episode. We covered a lot. Again, remember, like and subscribe below. Follow us on all platforms, and we will see you next time here on the Grounds Crew Podcast. See you guys.
my lifestyle. It's my lifestyle. <laughs>